Okay, this episode is going to be uh, vendor vendor specific, and I get into a little talk with Ben from 5280. So we have um, force fly fishing on this one. We have Phil Montano, which you guys know from the fly trap. Uh, we've got Ben from 5280 talking mind the red and a few rules that we think um, fly fishing may or may not need. We have April Archer from Cerebella Fly Fishing, and we have a little short spot with Outdoor Element, the creators of the Fire Beaner. So, listen up. All right, here we go. Another interview with uh, Kevin from Force Fly Fishing. So, those of you that are on, you guys on? Fa- are you guys anything else but Facebook right now? Facebook and Instagram. Okay, I mean, we are on Twitter, but I don't. I haven't figured that out. I'm not very tech savvy. Twitter's so. rough. Yeah. Um, but if you're on Facebook, more than likely you've seen the fly tying vice. Predator fly tying vice, yeah. My force fly fishing. Um, so let's uh, let's talk about it, man. So first, when when did you come up with the idea for this? I've had these ideas for probably eight years, somewhere in there. It's been a while. Um, I, I basically, you know, I've, I've been teaching fly tying and doing fly tying demos forever. And I, I took all the why nots and what ifs and my own complaints as well. Um, and said, I'm going to make something different and better. Um, and we put as much into this vice as we could. And first of all, it's all aircraft grade aluminum, stainless steel as well. Um, top quality parts, 100% American made with the exception, and I don't know how to find the percentage on this, but um, the back snatch, the plier tool here, that's from uh, Dr. Slicks, and they got their stuff out of Pakistan, and these levers are out of um, Italy. The okay. rest of it is American made. Um, Tim Panzloff of uh, Spaco Reels is our manufacturer in Wisconsin. Okay. Um, the dude's an artist and a machinist. Um, and we're trying to really... You know, part of it is show the the quality of American made and and the ingenuity as well. Um, with our work caddy, where your tools go and here and stuff, we have little rubber inserts down there to protect the points of your scissors and okay. any of your sharp tools. Um, we've embedded a rare earth magnet into the pedestal to hold your hooks, is what it says, but it'll hold tools too as well. Anything you want. Um, the pedestal itself is an inch thick of. You know, 6160 uh, or 6061 T6 aircraft grade aluminum. Um, the vertical post on this thing is 5 eighths thick. Um, your every other vice on the market is 3 eighths, and yep. 3 eighths is a little bit weak. Um, I met a gentleman just today. Said he dropped his vice and it bent his vertical post. You know, he's oh, like, okay, it's still usable, but you know, it's kind of a letdown for him. Yeah, but um, you know, moving up the vice here, um, I created jaws that do not limit you for the amount of tension you can put on the hook. Therefore, this thing will destroy hooks without your hook slipping. Um, those, you know, tires were chasing hooks all the time because the jaws just don't have enough power to hold the dang thing still. So you're always sitting here holding your hook, assisting your vice. And that's what I taught forever to people. You got to assist your vice, hold that hook, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, they'll hold certain hooks pretty good, but it's not all that in the end. Um, we also, what we did with the jaws is people like to use glue these days. 
And when I'd have a slip up with my Zappa Gap or super glue or whatever, um, I'd be sitting there scraping that stuff out with a razor blade. Right. I said, heck with that. You know, let's make a set of jaws that just come apart. Oh. You know? um, the medical industry, they also use um, fly tying vices, and I don't know exactly what for, but um, I'm hoping that they'll like this for sterilization and so forth. Don't know. Um, there's double notches in the jaws for your bigger hooks. Right. Um, our hook range is size 32 to 6 aught. Um, and it'll hold all those hooks rock solid. They are not moving. Um, as Mr. Kelly Gallup told me, I needed to sell this as perfect rotary. Now, true rotary has always been true rotary, and, and I'm not trying to be rude. I'm just saying it's a lie that, they, that we've always been doing because the only thing that was true rotary on any vice is the tip of the jaws. Well, when you add different size hooks and all this, you don't have true rotary. It just doesn't exist. Right. So with ours... You just loosen this back screw, and you can slide the jaw assembly up and down to find the true center axis okay. of any hook size in our, you know, thir- uh, 32 to uh, 6 aught. Right. Now, with this, oh, I didn't bring it. Oh, well. Um, we also give you an angle neck, so if you like the, the more like a Renzetti style where right. it drops off behind the jaw, you can do that. I've really, really grown to love this straight jaw. Um, it just really rocks. It does the thing. And then we have our center lines, what I'm calling my center lines, which mainly are every 90 degrees to where you know that at a glance when you're tying something in that you're not going to tie a tilted fly. Um, you, you, you know that the plane is right horizontally, vertically um, for tying in wings, wing cases. If you uh, turn it to the side, you're tying streamers, you want glue on your eyes, there you go. The lines line up and you're good. It's just offering you just a slight bit more uh, pre- precision, you know. Yep. Um, it's user, more user-friendly. And this over here is what we're calling our back snatch. This is a gallows tool, a second hand, a, cra- a bobbin cradle, the whole nine yards. Um, it has a lot of purposes. We're doing a lot with uh, disabled peoples and stuff, too. So if a guy, like in Project Healing Waters, is missing a hand and he's tying, this is his second hand. You know? Right. And it's just what it is. Now, on the horizontal plane, this thing this thing's pretty cool on its own, but I like to tie parachutes. And if you're a trout tire and you like tying parachutes, this is what we decided to uh, incorporate. We put in what we're calling these rook cuts here. Okay. Now, if I wanted to turn the jaws vertical, it locks right into place, tighten it, gallows tool comes up, holds that post, away you go. Yep. You can feed in your hackles, wrap your thread on your post the whole nine yards. And I'll tell you, there is... No better way that I've ever found as far as trimming a fly. Um, it, it's it's amazing how um, how much more you actually get out of it than when you're doing it on a horizontal plane. Right. Um, and to do this as well, oh, I did it on the backside. Oh well. Um, you can just put your hook here. You know, we're trying to offer you a lot more freedom, a lot more options yeah. in tying. You know. This is really comfortable. I've done a lot of tying with this thing in the vertical position, not okay. being parachutes or whatever. It's, right. it's really comfortable. And on the comfort note, that's another thing that we're trying to do. For, you know, I'm a tall guy, and for all these years, I've always been um, nicely hunched over on the short little vices. But right. it's really bad for you, in all honesty. It's a lot of strain on your neck and on your, and on your shoulders, and it causes the fatigue. It doesn't allow you to tie as fast or as long. So 
bringing this thing at 12 inches and making it fully adjustable, now you can you know line up the vise exactly where you want it. I, I like to be pretty close to eye level with my right. vise, and so usually I'd be stacking um, books or putting a box under my vise or whatever to get that thing up there, so that I didn't have to hunch over and so forth. But this thing, you don't you don't even have to worry about it. Um, our first pro staffer, Mr. Rick Takahashi, he uh, just had neck surgery, and he called to tell us like how awesome he 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 saw the height of this thing being. He's like, yeah, you know, I was you know he tried tying on his old law or whatever. He's like. I it was just so hard on my neck, and he's, you know, really liked it. So then, you know, on the health note, <laughs> we decided to go further. I started losing my eyesight, tying little stuff, little midges and all that. And that's where we kind of incorporated the cell phone. The, the attachment for your smartphone is awesome. You can use this thing as a magnifying glass. You just turn your camera on, and you right. can turn a size 32 into a 6 eye visually right there. It'll just zoom in. It's saving your eyes. Um, you can also use it as a profiler with a free um, app that you can download, and you can use any color under the sun, adjust the brightness, because everybody's eyes aren't going to enjoy white and blue for a profiler. They're right. great colors, but everybody's eyes are different, you know? Um, and then, so, there's just so much you can do with this. I mean, you can watch the game. You can you can make tying videos, watch tying videos. You can, you know, do anything. Call your mom, you know, and tell her you love yeah. her. Do the right thing, you know? Um, And then we did the light. Um, I I wanted something better um, that was just more functional and less cluttery. So we made it to where, you know, it just attaches just by sliding right onto the top of the vertical post here. Um, And one of the things that I really wanted, because I was doing tying demos and stuff forever, and you show up, most of the time they didn't even have power for you available. So you brought, you know, you lugged it, and I'm up in the mountains, you know, I'm coming to Denver, you know, it's an hour-plus drive, and I lug this stuff all the way around, I can't even turn on my light, you know? So we decided we wanted a light that not only would run on your wall plug, but would also run on batteries. We have two different versions, and uh, apparently that's not going to turn on right now. (laughs) Don't really know why, um, but um, it takes double uh, A batteries, okay. and it also takes a wall plug. You have a dimmer switch to find a real comfort level um, for your own eyes, and it also is awesome for taking videos um, or pictures of your flies. Everybody likes to post them online these yep. days. You can get the right light on there and get rid of the shadows and get a really good shot of your fly, you know. Nice. So, you know, we're just trying to really update things, rejuvenate a little bit perhaps, and uh, just build a beefcake vice. This thing's a beast, and um, I'd like to think it could survive a nuclear attack, you know. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah, it's uh, it's formidable. <laughs> that's for sure. You know, it's, it's not your, you know, it's not your traveler. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. So how much is all, I mean, is, is it all modular? Can you buy just the vice? You know, do you sell the vice as a package with the light, with the um, phone we, holder, with the parachute tool? Um, so the back snatch, and I love that name, um, this comes standard with the vice. This thing right here we haven't even put into production, so cancel this guy out right here. Okay. But, um, <coughs> pardon me. This comes standard with the vice. The light and the smartphone attachment are sold separately. Okay. The vice itself is five ninety five ninety five. Once again, hundred percent American made. Best materials available is what it's made out of. Okay. Um, the light. We have two different versions of the light. One with a rechargeable battery pack. And one that just takes the double A's. Okay. Um, uh, this is one thirty nine, and the rechargeable is one fifty nine. And I believe the smartphone attachment's like seventy nine ninety five. 
Oh, okay. So, yeah. So you can pimp it out or you can buy it and then pimp it out. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Everybody that's uh, gotten their hands on it is in love with it. So Nice. So uh, what is your, what's your website where everybody can go check this out? Uh, forceflyfishing.com. Nice. And you guys are based here in Colorado, correct? Yes, sir. Yep. On I've the... been a guide here in Colorado. I'm on my 20th year of guiding. I'll be uh, guiding for Eagle River Outfitters in Eagle, Colorado this year. Um, yeah, definitely Colorado proud, and we love the state we live in. So. Nice. Yeah, so if you're looking for a change in your fly vice, looking for something a little different than what you're currently using, I, I give it a shot. Take a look at it. It's uh, it's definitely different from anything you'll see, you know. And that's that's not a bad thing, you know. Would you would you recommend a vice like this to beginners? Well, um, I think the price point would be a little bit hard for a beginner, but Correct. yes. Um, in the end, I am, we are, whatever. Uh, Providing you with features that are very user-friendly that will make tying easier on you. Right. Um, but, at, you know, the same token, I, you know, I start one of the best vices I ever had was a Griffin Odyssey that, you know, did a great job. And I did. I think I paid 80 bucks for that, you know, way back when. Yep. And, uh, but, you know, if you, want, if you know you're going to be a tire for life or you have a very strong interest, there's no... No reason not to um, start out where you want to end up, you know? Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Well, thanks for taking the time, man. I like it. It's uh, it's different. It's different. It's not bad. It's different. So It's bad to the bone. Yeah. <laughs> so check it out, Force uh, Force Fly Fishing. Go take a look at it and uh, let me know what you think. Okay, this podcast uh, is brought to you by Western Visions Lanyard. Uh, Western Vision Lanyards is the home of unique and individually created lanyards crafted right here in the USA. These lanyards incorporate various stones, bones, and wooden beads along with high-quality fitments, ensuring each one-of-a-kind lanyard will serve you for many seasons to come. Remember, life is too short to fish with an ugly lanyard, so go to westernvisionslanyards.com. Tell them I sent you. All right, another one coming at you. We got my buddy Phil from the Fly Trap. How's it going, guys? How's it going, buddy? It's going well. Enjoying the day here at the Fly Fishing Rendezvous. Nice. Um, showing off the new product? Yes, the new product is doing really well. So for those of you who listened to the podcast from the Fly Fishing Show, which was February, that's what we're talking about. For those of you that are new may not have heard that show, I will let Phil tell you what's going on. All right. Well, um, we've drastically improved our product this year. We were able to get it manufactured exactly the way we wanted it designed. Uh, we were able to improve the materials. Uh, the, it, it's silicone cylinders, uh, patent pending, are now interchangeable. So you can collect several cylinders, preload your flies onto these cylinders, and organized by size, color, whether you're doing wet, dry, streamer. You can preload these cylinders and pull out a dozen and a half to three, four dozen flies at one time instead of one at a time. Nice. And you're ready to rock and roll. I like it. I like it. And, and those cylinders, they're, how big are they, two inches? Yeah, about, about two inches, yeah. So you could probably... Get three of those, maybe even four of those in an old Altoids box. I yeah. would think. 
Yeah. And you would have uh, well, I've got a, a ton small of flies. Orvis box. I, I put six cylinders in it, and yeah. three dozen flies per cylinder. And there's also a groove through the middle. Yep. Where you can pre-tie uh, a double dropper. Yep. And wrap it around the center. So you're you're yeah. good to go. You have droppers, you have flies, you have tools, and you have tippet. Yeah, and you that, don't really that's, even need a pack. Yeah, I mean that's you know that's like we talked about last time. That's like the ultimate, just minimalist approach to it. Yes. You know, put your fly trap, put your tippet on it. Have four or five, you know, extra um, cylinders. Extra cylinders, yeah. and yeah. and and you're good to go. A lot of people put one in their glove box and one on their pack. Mm-hmm. Uh, always ready, ready to fish at a, at a moment's notice. Hell yeah! You know, not always with a pack. A lot of times, how many times have you been driving down along I seventy and want to hop off and just get in the river for ten minutes? And, oh yeah. Well, here's your opportunity. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a it's a hold everything device that's just yep. uh, unbeatable. Yeah. No, it's 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 great, man. Uh, so. You said okay. So where, where can where can people find them locally first? Locally, you can go to Orvis. Uh, all of the Orvis stores around the country have them actually, but locally, Orvis Cherry Creek, Orvis Park Meadows, um, Anglers All, Charlie's Fly Box, uh, Discount Fishing Tackle, Trouts, um, and uh, the new the Johnstown Shields now has okay has. All models and uh, replacement cylinders. Nice. So it's uh, locally you can get them pretty much anywhere. Okay. Oh, and Ascent, you can get them at Ascent Fly Fishing oh. online. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Peter Stitcher has them now. So. And then you're uh, you're dabbling in the post fly world too, right? Is it post fly? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's True Fly. True Fly. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. True Fly Supply, and so they're um, they're offering. Uh, a lucky winners every now and again they'll get a lucky winner to, uh, mm-hmm. that uh, gets a free fly trap. Nice, but That's they're doing really well with it. Um, good way to get a follower. Really super happy. I got about thirty-five ambassadors now. Nice. So my ambassador program is going crazy. And, good. Uh, you know these these guys are just killing it for me and the company and. Keep posting. They're all about the product, man. They love it. Nice. And nothing makes me happier. Oh, no, that's great, man. You see your stuff all the time? Yeah. I mean, nothing better than that. So for those of you that are not local, where can you get them? Well, if you want to go to Argentina nice or Chile or Australia, you can go there to get them. There you go. <laughs> or you can go uh, um, online. You can get them Orvis online, uh, Shields, Feathercraft, um, they're all over, really. If you just, uh, just do look a Google for search of uh, Flytrap Pro Series, just you'll look find for them it. everywhere. Yeah, yeah. It'll um, it'll change your uh, it'll change your minimalist attitude when you go out and fish because you can just go out with nothing. Absolutely, I mean, absolutely, and nothing. super organized. And here's the beauty of it: um, what people don't realize is the biggest challenge I think most fly fishermen have and women is organization skills. So it, the more organized you are on the river, the more fishing you can actually do. Yes. <laughs> you're not digging in your pack all the time. Yeah, if you're, you're not, digging for flies. Oh, dude. I and hate, one at a time. Yeah, I hate digging for flies 
when there's noses popping up and I'm like, I know I've got this fly and I'm going through box after box after box. Yes. Ugh, kills, yeah. Absolutely kills me. I, I hate when I waste that time. I yeah. really do. And that's, and that's exactly why I did it is because uh, I was having problems just wasting so much time, man. And I'm super organized now. Uh, the beauty of it is a beginner can grab the fly trap and be organized right out of the gate. Right. Um, a guide can be organized for ri- re- and ready to rig for his clients. Because a yeah. lot of times, they or her clients, they have clients that want you to put their flies on. And so you can have a cylinder Just have it on. Yeah, I mean, have it on your lander. And... Whatever's hitting yep. on the ready, right two inches from you. Money. And um, your, your client then gets to fish more. Yeah. Yeah, which the client absolutely wants to do. Yes. And they're getting more, uh, more bang for the buck. Yep. They don't want to be pissing around time waiting on you to get through your boxes. That's exactly it, man. I'm trying to make your lives easier That's for just a few bucks. I mean, yeah. shoot. Um, the, the XLT retails for $14.95, and the XSM Minimalist retails for $13.95. Yeah, which so that's, in the world of fly fishing is absolutely nothing. And it's about the cost of a regular flies. tippet you know? holder, just a tippet-only yeah. holder. And this holds your flies, tools, and tippet. So yeah. it's a win-win for everybody, I yep. think. No, I agree, man. I like it. I know I, re- I replaced, I've had one tippet tee, and I got rid of that one, and I'm using, I'm using the fly trap, the new one yep. that I got the from Pro you in February. Yeah. So I'm using that. So Right on. That's what I like to hear. Oh, all day long, buddy. Wouldn't hear it any other way. Well, thanks for coming over. Thanks for spending some time. Go buy a fly trap. Yes, thank you guys. Go buy multiple for, uh, fly traps. For all the support and uh, from uh, my ambassadors and friends and family and, and uh, trout porn. Go yeah. trout porn. Go buy you some cylinders. Yes. Buy you, some, buy you all that shit. Go get your fly trap pimped out. Yes. Okay. I agree. Thank you, guys. That's Phil. Thanks. This next interview is brought to you by 5280 Angler. If you're searching for expert guides and fly fishing fun on the front range, be sure to check out 5280 Angler. Whether you're looking to sharpen your skills on the South Platte system, plan the perfect date, or host the ultimate party on the water, 5280 Angler has your trip covered. The guides at 5280 have the passion, the skill, and the experience to serve you. Find web specials at 5280angler.com and check out recent trip pics on Facebook and Instagram at 5280angler. 5280angler is passionate about service and wild about fish. All righty then. So we're going to chat now with my buddy Ben from 5280. Hey, how's it going, Steve? Good, good. Busy day. Yeah, getting some good uh, interviews here at the uh, Rendezvous. You got Plenty. Some, you got some serious heavy hitters walking around today, yeah. I've seen. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, I had Landon reschedule on me. Uh, oh, oh. <laughs> he came over right away. He's like, hey, man, can't do it today. Man, it's kind of like that girl who's like teasing you for the prom date. Like, she's your buddy. She's your buddy. Oh, yeah, this year, man, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Hey, you yep. got your dad's convertible? Yeah. yeah. Oh, you got it lined up? Hey, man, sorry. I, You know, I can't make it this year, but next year we're going to do that. Yep. <laughs> we're going to dance, buddy. That's exactly it. So right now, Landon has got me in the friend zone. 
He friend zoned the shit out of me, and I didn't see it coming. <laughs> but oh uh, well. But nonetheless, like I said, we're gonna get it lined up. Probably get it done here in a month or so. We're just Keep gonna go. Chasing it. We're gonna go meet and have a drink and dinner and wine and dine. You gotta just wine go all and out. and dine. So cool. Uh, so you and I are gonna talk about. The Angler's Seven Step Code. Hey, the, yeah, the, the new code, the Angler's Code. So, yeah, we um, worked with one of our guides, Ron Pacor, kind of brought this up and something sort of we all collaborated on, but it was kind of, uh, I don't know, kind of funny banter talk on tailgates afterwards, uh, you know, after the stuff you see out on the, on the water, but also because we really care about it. Right. So we wrote this Seven Step Code kind of, our inspiration was the skier and boarders code, you know. Right. Um, with more and more people bombing all over the slopes, you got to kind of address it with sort of some common ground rules for etiquette and things like that. So we kind of took a play of words on that, okay. and, and away we went. Nice. So where do you want to start? Well, let's start, start with, number... with, with, with step one. Let's start with step one. Here we go. Safety first. Ooh. It sounds not... Very cool to say, but it is really true. I mean, Brad Pitt and the boys can shoot the shoots, but really, you got to know your limitations. No, no trout is worth risking a life, right? So, right. wade and row, wade and row safely, and uh, <laughs> safety first. You carry a wading stiff when it's appropriate. Yep. Wading staff, sorry. Sunglasses, eye protection, life jackets for the kids. Oh, and here's sunglasses one. Here's, here's one. All the time. Sunglasses for the kids that you bring with you along the riverbank. When you yep. have that wild hook set, I mean, ocular tissue is soft. So. Oh yeah. So so so, so just just paying attention to be safe. Yep. Yeah. No, Simple. I I agree. So if and if you're here's here's a curveball, and I'm gonna take this straight out of the Tommy Lynch playbook. Wear some clear glasses or yellow glasses at night Agreed. if you're mousing or oh, yeah, streamer fishing. Totally. Because, again, when you least expect it or you think you're not getting that hook sent at you, that's yeah. when it's coming. That's when it's in your face. I agree. I, agree. I actually carry clear plexiglass ones for that very reason. Like yep. not, not risking it so if we're on the water late and people are taking them off because they will. Yep. And, uh, and, yeah. Oh, another one, waiting belt. Waiting belt. Yeah, our, our clients will not. Uh, be able to fish if they don't wear the wading belt. It's just, you know, moving water, it's dangerous. Like, grizzly bear is a really cool attack, but, right. you know, like, that's an epic story, but really, water is going to take more lives annually than oh, yeah. than a grizzly bear ever will. So, wading belt, if you do go in, you know, falling is actually really funny, but broken wrists and chipped teeth and, and drowning isn't funny. So, right. wading staff and wading belt are really good safety tips as well. Mm. So I'm about to wear a wading belt next week. That, that boxwood's a, the oxbow is a dangerous place, dude. It is deep, and you take that step into that slowly sifting sand, and you, <laughs> you might go swimming. I actually, I I, I actually biffed it um, on opening day. It was cold. We got one of those Rocky Mountain springtime snowstorms, right? And I went face first because there's a blasted rock in there, and you know you think you're cruising along, all and all of a sudden, bam. Right by the bank. I was even just kind of standing there. So I face-planted it in there. It was oh, pretty funny. Nice. And it was it was cold. Winds were whipping 30 miles an hour, and it was snowing, and it was raining, and it was it was a cold afternoon then for me. But Not the best day to fall. No, no, not the best day to fall. Okay. But a good good laugh was had by all. So That's typically what happens. 
I know I fall, everybody laughs. laughs. Yeah. So, so that, yeah, that's it. I mean, that this, that one just kind of self-explanatory, but at the same time, may as well be may as well be first things first on our yep. seven-step code, safety first. Nope, I agree. Uh, numero two, leave it better than you found it. Yeah, trash, man. And those of you who fish these sort of urban uh, interface waters know what I'm talking about. I mean, you can come out with a net full almost every time. So really just leave no trace. Right. Um, that, that same thing, pretty simple, but something that we can all do to make our places pretty and, and, and protect habitat for our, for our fish. Yep. Yeah. So take a little bit when you go. Yeah, take not, a little. Not with you. Take it out. Take it out. Yeah. Um, excluding things not to take. Needles. Syringes. <laughs> uh, underwear. Agreed. Uh, homeless people. Uh, it depends. And or people. I mean, you got some projects around the house. And or body parts. Yeah. None of those things. Those can all be left left behind. You know. <laughs> yeah. Back so, to rule number one, safety back first. Back to rule number one, safety first. If you're questioning... Any of the rules on this list, please refer to rule one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Back to basics. Yeah. So yeah. That, that, that's it. I mean, real simple. Yep. Leave no trace. Uh, number three. This is a fun one. Respect gets respect. And I think we stole that one exactly from the skier in border code. But with more and more and more and more people coming to the sport, um, this, this becomes more and more important. Um, you want to play a little role play, Steve? As we yes. get into this, here we go. So you're picture yourself. FYI, I'm into role play. Oh, just just saying. Just, yeah, <laughs> you, you have a you have a secret you have a secret account that you want to let people know about. They can find you. No. Okay. All right. You got You got to DM Steve on that one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, DM so me. I'll let you in on that. Picture yourself. You're working a run. Okay. Not far from a from a common. Uh, popular tailwater in a, in, a, in a common popular tailwater not okay. far from the parking lot here i come you're fishing you're in the river yes i come walking right in there i don't acknowledge your existence okay. i just jump in and i start fishing what is going through your head um i mean i'm 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 not quite casting over your line right but i'm like i could you could number one could i take this guy <laughs> That's first. First. <laughs> Second. Safety first. Back to rule number one. Yeah. Could then you it goes, take this guy? So then it goes back to rule number one. If I can, then I pass the safety first. So then I go into how long can I hold him underwater before he passes out? Yeah. Yeah. Precisely. And he, <laughs> now, has this situation happened to you? Oh, God. More. Yeah. This, now, this situation has happened to me on rivers. I shit you not. That are bitch. Ten feet wide, small hole. Ten feet wide, people walk right through. You got it. Start throwing Panther Martins over, over my fly line. I so I lift my shit up, cut the Panther Martin off. Say you lost your lure. You got it. I'm with you. Now, now back to our role play. Okay. Imagine same scenario. I come up and I f- very kindly say, "Hey, how's it going?" Yes. How are you doing? I'm, oh, I'm doing great, man. Well. Hey, it's a really crowded day on the river. I want to respect that you were here first. I got a question for you. Are you working up? Or are you working down? You hanging out? Uh, I just want to acknowledge that you're here first. Yeah. You know your plan. Yeah. No, right now I'm working this run. I'll probably move up here in a little bit, maybe even grab a sandwich. 
cool. If we dropped in behind you and kind of head downstream and work that way, would that be all right with you? You're good to go. Have at it. It's that simple, man. Easy. It's, it's, the, it's understanding that they were there first. I mean, they are crowded. We all have to share our public water. Yep. But when you give that respect, that honor of the guy who got there first, and you talk to him nine times out of ten, probably ten times out of ten, the guy's going to be like, hey, jump on in. Let's fish this together. Or he's yep. going to say just like what you said. Exactly. And, it, and it, honestly, everybody feels better. Next thing you know, you might actually get a tip, too, about what bug is working, yep. what fish is where. And the next thing you know, you might have a fishing buddy. So it's really simple, but respect gets respect. Yep. Yeah, that, I mean, that's exactly it, man. You just a little, small, little heads up, little little something, will one probably keep you from getting your ass kicked. Yeah. Two, possibly drowned. Yeah. Both of those things. Safety first. Yeah. So historically, it kind of it always was that anglers moving upstream sort of had the right of way. Like in some places, you would get your butt kicked if you were moving down. But the truth is, with the growth in popularity and the volume of anglers that are moving up and down these tailwaters, I think. There's local custom on some of that stuff, but yep. more than anything, it's about having the conversation when in doubt. Yep. Yeah. If, if you don't know, just, just, just start a, just just start a conversation. Yeah. And if you get an icy stare back, then you know it's better to probably just move on. Yes. That's when you know that he's, he's referring to rule number one in his head. <laughs> yeah. And it's best to just go find another spot. Exactly. And, and on that note, too, if you're fishing those small waters like what you're talking about, and a lot of times you see a truck or two in the lot, it, and you know that there's another access point a few miles up or downstream, go check that out and jump in there instead and you and avoid the conversation altogether. Yep. There's some, that's just situational to the river. Oh, yeah. And, and the volume of people that are nearby. Yep, that is uh, 100%. Rule number four. All right, this one, uh, hero of mine, Brian Husky, started the Keep Em Wet movement, and I, I think um, that one's you know, really easy to figure out because they've done such a good job of sort of laying out the step-by-step stuff. Right. And, uh, you know, on that note, however, I do want to mention that that conservation and stewardship is not a competition, and I think sometimes some of that stuff gets a little bit too far, and anglers end up fighting anglers online over these things. And um, private conversations end up being, I think, are a little more helpful when you want to give a reminder about it. Because we've all done things. I've dropped a fish on a rock. I've caught a fish with a barb. All those things, you know? Yeah. Um, And so... Not taking like a holier than thou approach, but going and having a conversation with someone. I can't tell you how many times I've netted someone's fish who maybe didn't bring a landing net with them and didn't even understand right. the value of having one. Yeah. And then that opens the door to have that private conversation. Yep. And uh, so check out keepemwet.org for all the tips. Yeah, that ain't possible. It ain't happening. Uh, so can you? We're gonna we're gonna do a quiz. Can you? Hashtag keep them wet when your fish is one foot out of the water dripping wet. Yes, you can. Okay, how about two feet over a net and still dripping water? Yeah. How about directly above the water but there is sand and gravel on it? Directly above the water. But there's sand and gravel from landing it. Does that qualify as keep them wet? Boy, are we talking about the fish at that point? Or are we talking about keeping the rocks wet? I think that that one you uh, I'm not the final <laughs> call on any of this. I, I err on the side of I err on the side of you know what? Where everybody's having fun. But yeah. to your point, honestly, yeah, like paying attention to the, the the silt that you kick up on the release that probably does that actually probably matters as much as any of this. Because I've 
like you were talking about, like people going kind of overboard to be a steward. Yeah, I've I've seen I've seen people hashtag keep them wet, and their fish is dripping wet, and and uh, the social justice warriors go off. On we'll chime them. in. Somehow. That is that is not keep them wet. It's yeah. not in the water, and, and that's a misinterpretation. And actually, Brian addresses that on keepemwet.org really well. It's not meant to be a gotcha. It was literally meant for the egregious catch and release like sort of problems out there where they're yep. laying on the grass for half an hour and then you put them right. back in there. Well, that's not helping the fish. It's not helping the resource. Nope. But people have gone a little bit too far and decided to sort of be the well, white knights as you ranted about about oh. it. And that, and that doesn't help our sport. And I'll be honest with you, Steve, I really get like offended by it because there are a lot of people who would love to see fishing go away like all together. Oh, yeah. And when anglers end up making PETA's argument for them yes it drives me nuts especially in public you can always send a guy a direct message or you can call him up or you can walk over and talk to him if you think that there's something being done and you can help them but the but the over the top where over the top comments comments and things that end up in a big fight over it which really we're all jabbing fish with pointy objects at the end of the day and truthfully with catch and release we're doing it unnecessarily yeah so i don't like when we make the anti-fishing argument for them, you know? And yep. I think to some extent, if there's an attack on one of us, there's an t- attack on all of us publicly that way. Yeah. And so when one angler chooses to do that for the sake of shaming someone else, I think it actually ends up hurting our sport and it kind of spreads mud on all of our faces, even though that person may be very well intended when they're doing that. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of that going there's on. There's a lot of it. And, the, and I think, honestly... It's the general trend toward, well, how do I compete for attention? I can compete by catching a bigger fish. I can compete by catching more fish. I can compete by being on the water more often, taking prettier pictures. Or for some, I can compete by being a better steward than the other guy who's still doing what I'm doing. And I, right. and, and that's, I, I really don't personally like that. I don't like the idea that conservation or stewardship is a competition. I think we should help out more than we should call out. Yeah. And, I, and I think if you, if you have something that you see that someone is doing that you disagree with, that you think you have an opinion about, send them a private message. It's going to be well-received, and do it politely, and, and, and it, it won't make us all look like idiots. Yeah, yeah. because if, if, you're, if you're commenting on a page that has over, I'm going to set the bar low here, but over 3,000 followers... And 3,000 followers see you doing that. You're coming off as a douche. You're, you're, I mean, you're obviously white knighting for just, just for, for. It's all about you at that point. I'm better at yeah. saving fish than you. Than you. I'm better at it. Even though I'm still jabbing them in the face and playing with them, I'm molesting fish for my own fun, but I'm going to, I'm going to criticize you for doing the same. I exactly. just can't, I, yeah. I don't like it. You know. Oh, there God. are lots of worthy fights to have on social media, yes. man. We got to save Bristol Bay. We got to protect the Everglades. We got to protect the Boundary Waters. There are so many fights that we can spend our energy outward yep. to protect the resource in a in a very big and broad way. Yep. We do not need to fight one another and 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 sort of like expose the dirty secret that that we're all partaking in. That we're all enjoy you know catching fish with hooks and it's yep. awesome. You know I worry about it because like in Germany. In other countries, catch and release fishing is banned. It's deemed unnecessary. It's, it's, That's so crazy. It's deemed an unnecessary practice. And if we keep fighting each other 
over these practices, I feel like it's a race to nowhere because we're sort of saying, well, if I if we're all going to yell at each other because there was a glove involved or because we, there weren't enough water droplets coming off the fish's face in the picture, well, where does that lead? It yep. leads to, well, we better start cutting not only the bar, pinching the barbs, but let's cut the entire hook off, and we're going to go just Ooh. shank only. I'm going to start the <laughs> shank only shank hashtag. Hashtag shank yeah. only. Yeah. So, you know, and purity scales and morality scales, it's not the point of keep them wet to begin with. Nope. And, uh, and I think everybody has to temper their sort of race to nowhere on that but rather help one another out and help the, and that and in doing so that's the way to help the fishery out because a lot of people are getting into the sport via youtube or other avenues and it's not necessarily a family tradition being handed out and that is awesome right but there's a lot less helpful videos on etiquette and they're not as much fun to watch as a good piece of fish porn yep so those folks just need an actual ha- you know help out not a call out I agree one million percent on that. Hold on, got to pause. Okay, had to take a short break because I forgot something. Okay, so that was number four. Number four. Keep Done with w- that little rant. Keep them wet. That evolved into... Ben's rant. Into Ben's rant. Uh, about rants. About rants. About being a <laughs> being a better social justice warrior in the yeah, fly fishing world. You know, yeah, enough said about that, I think. Moving on. Moving on. Mind the red. Yeah, so that's something we started, and um, it's really kind of goes really. It was like I said, Brian Husky and the Keep 'Em Wet movement was a was a big inspiration for us in starting the the Mind the Red idea, and that is also uh, very similar. I mean, in the wide world of angling, we're, we're talking spawning situations. There are endless shades of gray, as uh, Steve Rinella said on a recent Meat Eater podcast. It's grayer than gray. I mean, the reason of thousands of people go to Alaska every year is because there's a run of spawning fish, right? Yep. Uh, bass and bluegill anglers targeting them off of nests, you know? And then when we're considering reds, we've got these hierarchy of species. Trout sort of sits at the top. Yep. And you, you and Peter had a really good conversation from, from Ascent about this. Like, we need to be gracious and accepting of one another in terms of, you know, anything beyond the, the regulations are the fine line. And the things that, that go beyond that, when we're talking ethics, are, are uh, each angler's responsibility, and we can help one another out a little bit more than, than yell or call out, you know? Yes. And with Mind the Red, the first and obvious thing that, that's kind of easy about it is watch your step, you know, and watch those reds. I think that's, the, that's our fa- one of our favorite parts about it is regardless of a person's opinion about when to hold a cast or when to let one loose, the idea that there's careful steps around these reds to not oh, crush yeah. those eggs, I think is the easiest thing that we can all agree on. And then in terms of when to cast and when not to, that's each angler's consideration. And yep. uh, the idea there is we want it to be a mindful one, one that's you know considered based on some science and some right. facts and some, some ideas of what those fish are actually doing yeah. when they're making those babies. So, um, yeah. So... Um Along those lines, is it frowned upon to fish for bass and or warm water fish during the spawn? That's situational. I'll give you an example. In Minnesota, where I grew up, there was a bass opener. And my friend and I, we were, you know, 13, 14 in the little John boat. And we knew that we could see there was one landing on that lake. And we knew where the, the bass nests were. And, like, 
it wasn't open, but we could go get them. Now, it was in that situation not a good idea, <laughs> right. but we did it. I don't know, and uh, then so I I think that's situational. I just I, I know I know in some situations they pound those nests and yeah. they do it very aggressively. Now, I think a bass is a hardier species. Well, say I think I think they're a little bit more resilient than trout. Mm-hmm. Trout are Delicate. very very fragile. They're fragile. Yeah. yeah. So it all, I think it, the, the, it's grayer than gray. It's situation. Yeah. I, I think it's weird that that's one of those deals that's like... And in some areas... Don't it's, fish for trout on the spawn. But but go pound those bass yeah. because land of giants, baby, go get them, you know? But, you know, yeah. What, well, how do you fish for bass? Well, I put the crawdad right in the nest. Right on the Whoa, nest. Fuck, exactly. okay. Well, and then, and then another interesting thing is a kid... You know, you got some nests, sunfish nests, right off the dock, and you got a kid who you want to you want to get into fish. Are you it's, not gonna you not gonna go get those sunnies? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 hard not to when there's it's just super I mean, just, hard not to just dotted right there. You and know? if you think about it, fishing starting, and this is kind of again, they I, I recommend anybody go listen to Steve Rinella and, and that Meat Eater podcast because it was really refreshing to have a somewhat different take. He talked about how fishing started as a food procurement. Yep. method right so in that way we're like biologically programmed to find an animal's weakness and yep. hit them well yep. a spawning fish is a, i mean they're going to hit anything that comes near them to protect their nest exactly and so you're exposing the vulnerability and so you can kind of see where the predator within it's hard to show the restraints so yep. I, I, it's situational yep. and uh you know and here's another interesting thing like the flannel, we found out recently, Marcelo on a trip on the Roaring Fort, they caught this massive flannel mouth sucker, right? And we thought maybe it'd be a state record. Well, we submitted it. They, they, they came back and they said, well, we're not, we're not maintaining a state record because that's, that's like a quasi-endangered species, and we don't want people to start targeting the oh, flannel mouth sucker. Wow. Well, I don't think anybody's going to care if you find a big bunch of flannel mouth suckers and you're ripping them off the reds. That's not going to actually cause a bunch of ire, and you're not going to read a blog about that. But no. interestingly enough, the state is so concerned about it that they're not even holding records because they, they're concerned that people might start targeting them. So oh, grayer than gray, man. It's grayer than gray. You go in and, and you, you, you're, you're pulling brown trout off a of red, and you're going to have a lot of, of, oh, you're going to have a lot of hate. A lot of, yeah, and it's going to be public, and it's going to be loud. And so, and, and well, they're a non-native introduced yeah. species from Europe. And, yeah. and so th- there's a hierarchy about the whole thing that local custom matters. And in the end, honestly, the, the regs are the fine line, and everybody has to make their own decisions. But being being mindful about it is the best we can do. Yeah. So did you... I don't know if you saw it, but did you see that article on Facebook the other day? Some guy from uh, up north, one state, wrote about the cover shot. That was the Ooh. lens through which the Renella podcast was uh, brought to being. And I, they, that situation um, used the Mind the Red sort of hashtag as, as part of its justification or uh, cause. And I, I purposely didn't comment or anything because it it seemed like a very well-researched personal axe to grind is the way it sort of came off and everybody can do whatever they want on that however it kind of comes back to that whole thing of when anglers decide to attack other anglers like 
if you look at gun rights, they gun owners consider an attack on one gun, gun owner an attack on every gun owner. Yeah, and they and they take and they take that very personally. Yep. Whereas anglers are really good at fighting each other, man. There's oh. a lot of it's like we're like a bad family that way. We oh, fight yeah. each other more than we fight the outside causes. Yeah. Either for conservation causes or against those who would like to see the end of fishing. So that's kind of my thoughts on that. But it was yeah. a big one, and it blew up, and it and it was about brown trout and reds, and there was other there was other things that got brought into that that oh, made it yeah. a whole different thing. And I, the, in the end, the, none of that was helpful, really. No, in, for anybody involved. I don't I don't think anybody gained out of that situation being aired publicly, and. The court of public opinion swinging wildly one way or another, and like I, I mean, kind of like I said when we started talking mind the red, like I've done everything wrong in the canon of fish handling, and, and uh, you know, oh, yeah. I've done it all. So the the idea that someone would air my dirty laundry in public for their own thing, I, I don't think I'd like that. No, even no. though there may be some valid points about right. not fishing to reds or making sure to buy fishing licenses. Those kinds of things, but those situations are individual situations like that are private, man. Yeah, it's a private conversation. Yep, and that and, one... and the big broad, the big broad conversation is one that is helpful that I didn't see as helpful. No, I was ugly. Mm-hmm. That was ugly one hundred and one. Ugly one hundred and one, and it makes all of us look a little bit foolish. Yep, we're all because I can't. I don't know a single person who's ever gone fishing. That didn't stick one in the face, and probably sometimes stick one in the butt, and so yeah. there ain't no there ain't no halos on anybody's head. Nope, nope. I've had, and, it's, and that's it. That's if you're fishing, you're fishing. It's gonna yeah, I happen. Think, I think uh, Stitcher kind of he used the word. We need to be gracious about it, and I was like, oh, good word, Pete. Gracious is a good word. It is a good word. I like aggressive, but gracious <laughs> works. <laughs> All right. Uh, number so, six. So, yeah, so that was number five, mind the right. Oh, six is, is just share the water. Um, and, and by that, this is an interesting thing. And it's the question I'd ask is how do you know when to move on? If you're wade fishing a popular river, how do you know when to move on? And I, it's an open-ended question, right? Yeah. And you don't know for sure. Like, I'm one who very thoroughly works around. You want to be systematic about yeah. it. But you catch a few fish. You, you, there's, there comes a point, and there, there's no fine line on this, but there comes a point when maybe it's time to move on, whether that be because you just want to go see new water, it's time for lunch, or to literally let the other guy in. Yeah. And everybody has to s- sort of make that decision up for themselves based on their unique situation. But there's, a, I can't, there's been a lot of situations where this is going to be a humble brag moment, Uh-oh. where I've been fishing a run or fishing a run with some folks, and and there's people downriver, upriver watching, and we've caught some fish, and they're kind of they're kind of doing that hover, right, where they're waiting, checking, oh, yeah. looking, pretending to tie a fly. They want to get in there. Yep. Well, there comes a point when I wave them over and I say, "Hey, you guys want this?" And then we go downriver and we look, at, we find another spot. Yep. And we catch fish there. No, that <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> but it actually did happen I, recently. So, but the point there is, share the water and and. Uh, It'll end up being it'll end up being good for you and good for the other person who wants to get in there. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. I I agree 100 percent, man. If you can, if you can share, you know, like share it's your it run, and, work it, but eventually, eventually move on. Yeah. If if you've 
the way I look at it, if I've hit every seam that I want to hit, you know, left to right in the river yeah. and up down okay, in the that, river. You got it. And there's nothing else happening. Move. Move. Yeah, move. Yeah. You know, it's kind of more so, fun anyways. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'd rather catch every fish than 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 one fish every time. So, uh, last one, number seven. Consider more than just the fish. Yeah. Yeah. It's about more than trout. You know, it's about your fishing buddies. Last last weekend. My son and I were playing, you know, lightsaber battle on one of those islands in Deckers, you know. And right. We were following deer trail, looking for deer poop, and we had just as much fun doing that as we did catching a few fish. And yeah. wh- whether it's having beers in the parking lot with your buddies or whatever it is, take a look around and, and know that, yeah, fishing's part of it, but there's more to it, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, more. Th- I would say more than half the half the trip when I go fish with friends is... Just the bullshitting and going and looking exactly. at everything and having fun and laughing and yeah, you know the fish are there, but but fish are going to be there. <laughs> it's about the fun, man. Yep. If you forget that and your your single and sole purpose is the fish, you're missing out on so many more opportunities for fun. Yep. And engagement in the natural world, like staying in the river, can be a pretty cool thing. Whether you do it with a four year old or yourself, like that's fun. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like. It's all related to fishing, but but there's more to it. Yep. Now, there's one more note on here. It says combat is not the solution. I beg to differ. (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't. It just it depends on the day. I'm carrying a sword now. I'm carrying some Glocks. I got all kind. I got. I'm prepared. I'm well prepared. Yeah. I'm bringing some dynamite. You know. The bad thing is is combat is not the answer but it's getting to the point where if you're not ready for combat in yep. some of these places it's going to hit you across the face well yeah you're you're getting to the heart of the reason that we wrote the whole thing to begin with like because there's there some should, dudes out I there I mean the explosion are... popularity for one and then like you just said there are some dudes out there which by the way I have to say, one of the things I love about the 50-50 movement is that it's bringing some, like, common sense to the river with the women. Like, Putting a little estrogen in the river? Well, I don't know what it is, but they, like, they're, they're less likely to punch you in the face. They're more likely to be like, hey, let's fish together. And honestly, I really appreciate that. Like, yeah. Like, because what you're getting at, what you said is there are some dudes, and it's nine times out of ten, it's going to be some dude that's looking to... Pick a fight. Yep. Over a fish. Over that he's going to take a picture of and over release a brown anyways. Trout. Yeah. Over a brown trout. Yeah. Like okay. <laughs> that, like, you know. Yeah. Whatever. It's a, it's a fine line. It's a fine line. Yeah. Um, dogs too. We put a little note on dogs. Yeah. Just know 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 your know your dog and Dude. ask your buddy. Like here's how. Like everybody thinks they know their dog. Right, but like you need like a, a true friend to tell you whether or not your dog is good to go right. <laughs> with you on the river because right. there's a lot of dogs that are not, and or consider the situation, yes, you know, and how many people you predict are going to be on that stretch of river because if you want, I mean, my dog was like, she was an amazing dog, but a horrible fishing dog. I mean, an indicator may as well have been a ball to go fetch. So I, when I brought copper it was not about fishing it was because i wanted my dog to go swimming right. in the pool where the trout were so i knowing that i never brought her where it was going to be popular and crowded because right. she was going to ruin the fishing for everybody else i absolutely hate when p- 
people take their dogs to the river. And they walk down to the river, they take it off, and what is the first thing that dog does? Straight through the middle of your best run. of your run. Yeah. Straight through the middle. Yeah, and then waders get torn when you've got a jumping dog and it jumps up on a waiter. So just being like know your dog, you know? God, I wanna I wanna choke people and their dog when they do that. Uh, kids, take a kid fishing. Take them all the time. You'll, uh, I don't know what show it was when I was a kid. One of those like, you know, Midwestern bass shows. But they at the at the end of every episode, the guy would be like, "Take a kid fishing. You'll be glad you did." And the, the, yeah. the honest to God, it is the truth. Oh yeah. Like when you think you're getting jaded on catching a trout, and you're like, "I don't care about catching trout anymore." Take a kid fishing, and you all of a sudden love fishing again. Yep. And so it's more for you than it even is even is for the kid and the future of the sport. Yep. Oh, last one. Oh, can I rant again? Uh, let me check the battery. <laughs> I got 37 minutes. Rant. Rant. Here we go. go. Habitat stamps. So not only do hunters and fishermen, because of the excise tax on our goods, support conservation. Our, okay. our fishing licenses support conservation. We donate to amazing organizations like Trout Unlimited and more. On top of that, we've got this habitat stamp, which is right. great. goes toward conservation. I invite, and I don't know how many just river-going tubers listen to the Trout Porn podcast, but I invite every river-goer, hiker, biker, climber in all the West and in all the world to buy their habitat stamp at their given states because um, that would be your way to contribute back. As anglers, we buy them, but they're not a mandatory thing, and it's one more thing that anglers are buying in addition to everything else that we're doing. So first and foremost, thanks to everybody who's buying their fishing licenses and their habitat stamps. But I invite the other users of our waterways to buy their habitat stamps yeah. as well. I know in um, in New Mexico, you buy your license, and you have to buy a habitat stamp if you want to fish on, what is it, Forest Service or BLM? Yeah, exactly. And, and then, you know, and, 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 the, and the, I think it was designed as an optional way, or at least passed as an optional way right. for those who aren't hunting and fishing to contribute. Well, they're, the truth is they're not, yeah. and I'm inviting them to because I, I think that back to sort of the pack it in, pack it out, you know, and, and other things like that, safety and enforcement, those habitat stamps fund all that stuff, the trash removal, and they fund the conservation officers. Yep. And so having everybody contribute to that pot um, would really help our fisheries tremendously. Yep, got to do it. Absolutely got to do it. Uh, what else do we have? Is that it? Yeah, man, come fishing with us. Uh, come fish with us. Everything's fishing really good right now. You've got a trip coming up uh, in a week, right? Uh, Sunday, yep. Yeah. yeah, getting excited? Always. Been doing your bicep curls? Yes. Some 30-inch hogs are yes. coming out of there. It's good. That's what I'm after. Yeah. Side pressure, Steve. Side pressure. That's that's the biggest thing, man. If you're not if you're not trying to turn that fish and keep the up and down pressure is good, side pressure gets that fish where you want it. Yeah, move them out of that current. Get keep their head down where the water's moving. You know, those big fish. If you bring them up into that faster current that's near the the surface of the the river, you're gonna send it over a waterfall because <laughs> you got you got a thirty inch trout or a big old trout. If you have a spillway below it and you raise that trout's head towards the surface, it's going over the next falls. Oh yeah, and you're gonna be saying bye bye. Yep. And over there, it happens quite a bit. Quite a bit. <laughs> so yeah, 
go to go to the one down below that. And you'll have a real run if you miss the first one because he's going to hit the second one. Yeah, back to back to rule number one: safety first. Safety first. Yep. Yeah. Side right. pressure, and you're not. Ch- you won't have to chase your trout. Yep. All right, ma'am. Thanks. Well, we're looking forward to having you up there. Yes. And uh, it's going to be a great day. It's going to be awesome. Throw some mice. Throw some streamers. That's it. Mice and streamers. You'll be a, you're a purist, a mouse purist. I'm a mouse purist. <laughs> Walt would be happy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, All right, man. Thanks for right. that. Thanks, everybody. Okay, we got another interview for everybody. Whoa, if I can keep my mic stand up. So I have April Archer of Cerebella Fly Fishing. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Good. So we've we've never met. I'm Steve with Trout Porn. Good to meet you. But I think we have a lot of friends in common, obviously. So, how many how many times have you done the show now? Every year? Uh, is it every? This is we? our third third year, maybe fourth show. Okay. Here at the Rendezvous, yeah, it's great. Okay. So let's get into the nuts and bolts. But when so when did you start Cerebella? We launched Cerebella in 2014, about okay. three and a half years ago. Okay. We began building rods before that and started dreaming up the ideas, but officially launched in 2014. Okay. So I always ask this question when people start businesses, what was your what was your vision behind it? I mean, you know, not like, hey, I want to build rods and get glue and shit everywhere and, you know. Right. <laughs> At the beginning... Our vision was to connect female anglers in particular with higher quality equipment and options. It's still our vision. Uh, We've expanded the scope of that substantially, but we still focus on bringing really great fly rods to the female anglers. Yeah. So, what? Okay. So let's (laughs) let's get right in the nuts and bolts. What kind of blanks are you guys using? We're using carbon fiber graphite blanks for most rods. We can do some custom work if a customer has other materials they want to work with, right. like glass and whatnot. Okay. Um, so I've I've been on your website a bunch yeah. of times, but how many how many color options do you have in rods? It's almost always over fifteen options. We have a few that kind of rotate. So right now, I think we're around seventeen different color options. Okay, and. And your rods, they're, I mean, you're fully, I mean, it's pretty much whatever that person wants, right? I mean, it's almost, it's fully, yeah. cut. I mean, down to thread colors, two threads, three threads. We can do a lot of customization. Um, some customers want a rod and they want to be able to fish it immediately. Uh, we call those ready-to-fish rods. Right. So we keep a small inventory of ready-to-fish rods available. Um, but most of the rods that we sell are custom uh, the customers can choose, obviously, the size and weight. So we do three weights up to 12 weights okay. for both salt and freshwater. Right. Uh, we have, like I mentioned, 17 or so colors. The biggest ergonomic and really comfort piece is the handle. So allowing customers to choose the grip that they prefer. You do kind of a smaller diameter. We have options. So we've, we recognize that women come in all shapes and sizes. Right. And so do their preferences for fishing. So we offer small and light grips as well as more traditional cigar-style grips and a few with other other curves and shapes to them. Oh, okay. <laughs> so do you, uh, do you guys dabble in the wind grips at all? In the what? In the wind. 
wind grips. The wind grips, like the putters? We haven't, no. You know, those, they're the Different compo- materials. Yeah. We haven't yet at this point. We still use floor-grade cork. It comes directly from Portugal. Um, we don't bleach our cork, so if you notice our cork compared to some of the other rod makers, it's you see the natural characteristics of it. Um, there's there's definitely potential in some of the other materials out there, so we'll see what nice. happens in the future. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm always torn in fly rods whether I want to go. The last rod I built was a method, and the cork was like a ti- it had like tiger stripes in it, uh-huh. and that was. I mean, I really like that, you know. So it's got the darks, it's got sure, the lights, some character. Yeah. You know, because I don't, I don't like the ones that are that are bleached and they're. I mean, they're just tan and uniform. And, right. You know, it's almost like oh, it's it almost looks like a foam. Right. You know. Yeah, no two rods that we make are ever the same. There's always different elements of character and style with each one. Nice. <laughs> so how many? Okay, so how big of a company is Cerebellum? We're huge. No. <laughs> we're, we're three partner owners. Okay. I'm, I'm the full-time CEO founder. Uh, my husband is the operating officer, and Scott Griebel is our production officer. Okay. So the three of us are really the, the core of, of day-to-day operations. Uh, we have a team of rod builders that work from their home workspaces. Those include disabled veterans, uh, survivors. We also have a man who's a breast cancer survivor. And okay. they're throughout the front range, the Denver Metro front range. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was good. But my next question is how many yeah. How many people you got building rods? Because I know three people probably could not you know, keep up with that. You we, know, we're careful. We like to be at our threshold. Once we start to push our threshold, then we hire more. Um, but I want to make sure that all of our team members have the work that they need and they want. Right. Um, and no one's sitting around wondering if they're going to get paid this month or if they have work coming in. Um, so th- every time we hire more people, I want to make sure there's enough enough uh, business in the pipeline to make sure that they, they stay as busy as they want to be. Yeah, no, that's, and that's exactly it, man. That's a, it's, a great, uh, <laughs> it's a great way to get help, you know, with, like you're saying, you know, help, you know having survivors help you, having, you know, vets help right. you out. Because sometimes it's... They can't get out of the house to do anything else, you know. So it's, I mean, that's a good, that's a great thing. That There's a lot now. of great talent out there. Yeah. And there are people that want to be part of a team that want to work with their hands and make something. Yep. Make something really special for someone. Um, so it's a, it's a win for all of us. <laughs> nice. So how many, um, we've talked about the fly rods. Do you have do you have one like one color combo that is always like bananas out the door? Our best selling color is the teal. We call it Cerebella teal. Okay. It's, you know, a classic turquoise teal and it appeals to men and women. It pairs well with lots of other colors and options. And I think for women in particular, it it offers enough of a, a feminine color without being over the top, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, pastel or whatnot. So the teal, I think, is a it's a popular color. Um, it's a strong it's a strong and bold color. It definitely gets your attention when you see it. Um, but it's a, it's a great all around color. That's it our is. that's our best seller. <laughs> it is. I mean, I I uh, I was look at, I was looking at a rod that was kind of teal or aqua. I don't know. I don't think it was one of yours. I think it was maybe one of the blue halo ones. And they just look so good. Yeah. So good. 
Um, it invokes that beautiful water that we all want to yeah, be around, I th- right? I think that's exactly and, it. And, you know, there's beautiful places in, in the Rockies or in uh, saltwater settings, and that teal, is it just makes you want to go fish, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so how many, or I should say, what is the, um, what's the furthest place away from here that you've sold a rod to? That we've sold a rod to? Uh, we've reached into Canada and the UK, so we're just beginning just to touch there. international markets. Um, we've sold rods to Alaska, okay. southern U.S., Florida, okay. East. I mean, all all over the U.S. So, do you guys do you guys dabble in the real market? We don't machine or manufacture reels um, at Cerebella. We we partner with Aspen Reels okay. right now. So every now and then customers want to add a reel because they want a complete complete package. Um, right now we're really focusing on the rod piece instead of taking on the machine factor of another element. Um, we're still the only fly rod maker that's focusing our outreach and product development on the female anglers. And we are careful not to spread ourselves too thin. <laughs> we really want to pay attention to that rod building element yeah because I, I think there's a lot of companies that i mean a lot of startups that get into something and that you know they strike it strike it at the right time uh-huh. and then they spread themselves too thin and the next thing you know they're done right you know so that's you gotta I, focus focus yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean i know everybody wants the world but right sometimes you just gonna be like well i can't and take if you're the world if you're good yet. at something and and it's working, then right now we're focusing on that, yeah. Yeah, good. So how many, um, you sell any rods today? Today? Not yet, maybe? Uh, as of now, I don't know what the number is. A little bit. Good. Saturday morning is usually, uh, uh, folks are scoping things out. They're getting their game plan together for summer. Right. Uh, we know... Investing in a flower rod is a, a big ticket item, so yep. a lot of our customers really do their homework, and then they come back around. <laughs> but people are casting; they're asking questions. We want them to touch and feel and get comfortable with with how our rods are made. So we're getting a lot of great traffic here today. That's good. That's that's exactly it. I mean, that's is a great place to get a lot of traffic too, and a lot of local people. Yes. So. And uh, being being all in in Colorado it's uh I think people are looking for that more and more so. yeah this is this is a fun show Peter and Jessica work really hard to make it a fun show and it the the local vibe is fantastic uh the vendors and the people who come here delight to to hang out with and to talk to about fly fishing so we, we really love being here yeah it's it's a good time for sure so <laughs> well I appreciate you coming over and giving Thanks. me 10 minutes of your time and uh if you Glad guys are here. looking for that rod that you can't find somewhere, go look at Cerebella Fly Fishing. Thanks so much. They might have the color you want. <laughs> if not, we'll build it for you. Exactly. <laughs> and customize it completely. So thank you. Appreciate Thanks, it. Steve. All right, here we go. we got another vendor spotlight uh, with Mike, who's right across the road Howdy, guys. from Outdoor Elements. Hey guys, uh, made a little simple carabiner. I call it the fire beaner. 
I put the fire in the beaner. It's one ounce. It's titanium-coated stainless steel. It's weighted for 100 pounds, so lightweight, won't rust on you, pretty strong. Got a, a screwdriver tip, a bottle opener. There's a small utility blade, think fishing line. There's little holes here to hang your keys. And then pretty simple flick of the finger to get a little fire going. We also have these little accessory kits, and they house a tender quick, which is just wax-infused cotton. It's pretty simple. Pull it apart, splay it out, get the little fiber showing, and that's where you want to lay your spark. And let's see if I can get a fire going for you. There you go. So a little fire. So you get yourself in a pickle. You know you have the means of creating a fire. I was taking a mountaineering course, uh, I guess it's about a year and a half ago now, and the guy was telling me, he's like, hey, with fire creation, two is one and one is none. You always have at least two different ways to make fire. And I sat down and I thought, man, I don't, I don't have that. And so I went home and I designed a little one-ounce solution. It's like this is always on my keys or on my pack. I can go explore with confidence, and I know I can start a fire whenever I need to. Pretty simple, and that's it. That's it, man. Super easy. So if you don't carry a way to make your fire when you're out fishing, look it up. You guys got a website? Outdoorelement.com. Pretty simple. Okay. Cool. So if you carry a lighter, use that or get this as your sec as your backup because lighters don't always work. Yeah. Matches sure as shit don't always work. So great plan B option. Pretty exactly. simple. Boom. Cool. Thanks, cool. brother. Hey, thanks, Steve. All right, this podcast was brought to you by the biologists and fly geeks at Ascent Fly Fishing. If you are ready to stop guessing and start catching more fish every trip to the river, let the team at Ascent Fly Fishing match your hatch. Just tell them where and when you are fishing, and they will build you a fly selection down to the life cycle of the bugs on the water when you are fishing it.